Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, uh, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 131 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a fantastic day. Uh, today is a solo episode with uh, yours truly. And uh, I've actually been debating and about creating an episode. And the title of this episode, I just called it Five Ways to Authentically Connect with Referral Sources. As you guys know, I'm not a private practice coach, but as I've launched Selling the Couch and as I've jumped back into private practice, part of what I've always believed is just to share my own journey, the good, the bad, the ugly, the neutral, and uh, some of the things that I'm doing and some of the things that I'm learning along the way. And I wanted to do this episode because for many of us, what, you know, just if you guys have heard these conversations on the podcast, you know the importance of connecting authentically with referral sources and having uh, just a good source of referrals for our practices. And I wanted to just create this episode to kind of share what I've learned along the way in having these podcast conversations and then just also in my own private practice journey. Uh, before we do get to today's podcast episode, I just wanted to take a moment to thank the folks over at Theranest for supporting today's podcast session and actually supporting the episodes this month. If you guys are thinking about electronic health records and so moving from paper for case notes and such over to an electronic medium, they encourage you to check out uh, Theranest. They are have an outstanding reputation in our field and they actually hooked our community up with a nice little discount. So you get 20% off your first three months after a 21-day free trial. The special link for our community and for STC listeners is at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Theranest. So uh, as I mentioned, I just wanted to share five kind of things that I've learned along the way when it comes to thinking about referrals for practices. Again, lessons I've learned both from STC and, and my own private practice journey, which in many ways I feel like it's uh, still very new. So the first thing is, one thing I've learned is to identify where your ideal population hangs out and who is in front of your ideal population. As you guys probably know from other STC episodes, I really like creating exercises and doing like little things. So I actually wanted to just share an exercise that I created with you guys, and I'm hoping that it's helpful. So it literally starts with a blank sheet of paper. And what I want you to do is you can either fold it to create columns or you can just, you know, orient it landscape wise and then just put lines down the page. 
So on that first section, what I did is I titled that section, Where Do They Hang Out? And then parentheses, Offline. And then the next section, I called it, Where Do They Hang Out? And then in parentheses, Online. And then the next section is, What Are They Reading? And then in parentheses, Online. And then the next section is, What Podcasts Do They Listen To? And then... Yeah, that's actually it. I was looking at my notes. I was like, I know that I had a couple of more sections. The next section is who is in front of them. And that's in parentheses online. And then who is in front of them offline. So let me just explain each of those. And then I'll go through a practical exercise that I actually did for my private practice, where I work with entrepreneurs and startups here in Philly. So the first one is where do they hang out offline? So what I am thinking a lot about is where are the local places in and around town where my ideal clients are hanging out? The next section is where do they hang out online? So these are things like online groups, certain blogs, those are the kind of things that I'm generally thinking about. Uh, LinkedIn also has a number of groups as well, which I feel like Facebook groups are a little more popular, but LinkedIn actually has groups as well. And then the next one is, you know, what are they reading? So these are like online blogs and things like that. And the reason I like to have this section is if I ever want to do like a guest post or I want to ever, for example, with the STC podcast, if I ever want to interview folks that I see an interesting article on entrepreneurship and I might want to interview them, that's something that I kind of keep an eye on as well. And then what podcasts are they listening to your ideal audience, right? And that makes sense because I like the medium of podcasting because it's such an intimate and human connection, a little different than just writing and in a way even different than video I can't tell you the amount of times that I've gotten just really nice notes. And one common theme that comes up in these notes is folks feel like they know me, you know, and they could recognize my voice. And I, I don't think it's, I think it's less about me and more about this medium of podcasting and, and how it allows the human voice to really shine. And then the next one is who is in front of them, both online. So I, I think a lot about like, who are the big influencers that are also working with that population and that are in front of that population. And then the next section is who is in front of them offline. So these are sort of local referral sources. I wanted to do this exercise just with my own, as I said, with my own private practice. So I work mainly with entrepreneurs, and this is what I kind of came up with in doing this exercise. Again, this is something I, I'm kind of constantly tweaking. It's, uh, you know, you start somewhere and you keep going with it, right? So the first one is, where do they hang out offline? So what I found is that here in Philly, there are a number of co-working spaces. So there are actually two big ones and then several smaller ones. And if you haven't heard of a co-working space... It's basically where a lot of times where folks that are solopreneurs, startup owners, entrepreneurs, they may not, you know, a lot of times they end up working from home and to form that community aspect or just to have kind of a physical uh, space, they created these things called co-working spaces. And so they usually have like tables where you can do your work. They have office uh, like meeting rooms that you can rent out. They have large halls. These co-working space spaces usually have events and talks and things like that as well. Another one that I kind of found is that Philly has a lot of universities. So more specifically, I, I'm thinking a lot about like the business schools. Several of the business schools have MBA programs and marketing business. Several of them have classes related to entrepreneurship. So these 
these are the professors of these are folks that I might want to reach out to connect with, because they're also in front of my potential ideal clients, right? The next one I want to I think a lot about is incubators. So incubators are basically, they're kind of a newer thing. But um, incubators are places where entrepreneurs can get funding for for their projects, they can get support, they can like find mentors and things like that. And Philly app happens to actually have quite a bit of incubators. Some of the major universities like Penn has actually an incubator program. And then the final one that I thought a lot about is just meet local meetups. So if you go to meetup.com, and what I did is I searched for things like entrepreneur meetups and things like that. So think about the population that you generally serve in private practice and try to see if there might be related meetups because there, those might be opportunities to lead a table, to do a talk, or just to connect with people and, and get to know them. And if anything, to learn what their sort of day struggles are so that when you're creating writing content on your blog or you're creating website copy that you already kind of know the language that folks are using so and then where are they hanging out online man this actually is going a lot longer than i expected but uh, so i'll go kind of through it uh, pretty quick so where do they hang out online so i i thought a lot about facebook groups so you know, examples are like Entrepreneur on Fire, Smart Passive Income. Those are all kind of Facebook communities I'm part of that I, you know, I try to stay fairly active in. And then all the next section is what are they reading? So for me, things are like Forbes, Fast Company, TechCrunch, Wired, those kind of magazines. And I like those because one, I think it gives me an idea. As I read through those, it gives me ideas for potential blog posts, what sort of the field of entrepreneurship, where it's going. But it also gives me opportunities. A lot of these have guest blogging opportunities. And it's nice, you know, for example, to be featured on you know, like a, a big blog like Forbes or something like that. The next one is podcasts. So what podcasts do they listen to? So I actually did not realize this early on with my podcast, but iTunes is actually a search engine. And some of the latest data now says there are now over 50 million searches per month on iTunes. So people are using iTunes much the same way that they use Google to do different searches. And I search for all sorts of keywords related to entrepreneurship. And what comes up are related podcasts. And so those are potential podcasts that I could go on to be a guest, for example. Um, it allows me to reach local clients. And also, you know, I have plans down the line to do more talks and stuff. So it allows me to also kind of reach more of a global audience. And I'm realizing this more than ever, that the world really is flat, and you just never know who would know who and all those kind of things. And then the last ones are who's in front of them. So I think a lot about like, let me just go back to like, the example is like in the online space. So there might be some overlap in terms of like the forum moderators of Facebook communities, right? So those might be people to reach out to. And then the last section is who is in front of them. These are sort of offline. So think about who local business leaders are. For me, I think a lot about who local business leaders are, who are the big entrepreneurs that folks are following, who are the creators or founders or co-founders of these co-working spaces, all of these different things. So first one is identify where your ideal client our ideal population or client hangs out and who's in front of them. And the second one is personalize the connection. You know, for me, many times I forget that referral sources are extremely busy and 
to be honest, and I even see this in our community, like, it's much easier to write, you know, 25 of the same note and just kind of send it out to folks uh, saying that you're accepting clients, right? But I actually believe in a little bit more of like, a personal connection and doing subtle things to kind of stand out. I wanted to mention just two resources that I think will be helpful for you, especially if you think you'll reach out to them via some sort of an online platform, whether it's via email or connecting with them on LinkedIn or something like that, right? The first one is SpeakPipe. That's over at speakpipe.com. And SpeakPipe, basically what it does is it allows you to create an audio recording. It's free. They actually have a free plan, and, and that's what I usually mainly use. But it allows you to create like a five-minute recording for free. And it's just you can create an audio recording and personalize it, you know. Hey, so-and-so, my name is Mom Varghese. You know, I'm a licensed psychologist. This is in Philly. I just wanted to reach out to you to say hi. And then, you know, I work with entrepreneurs and startups here in Philly, and, you know, I would love to for us to be able to connect to see what you're doing in your business and how I might be able to support you something I guess simple like that another app or that is actually pretty new and I have started using here probably in the last three weeks and I actually got this idea from Pat Flynn over at Smart Passive Income, so I can't take credit for this idea. But the app is called Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O. And Bonjoro is basically this app that allows you to create a video on your smartphone, so your iPhone or your Android. And it allows you to just email that video instantly to a person, right? And so I don't know if it is for you, but like, I've gotten a couple of Bonjoros and I'm always so excited because I love the fact of like, so when you open the email, the video just instantly shows up there and you just push the play button. So that's a little more personal than, you know, than sort of, I don't know, like a generic email or something like that. So personalize the connection and think a lot about how you can form that authentic human connection. The third thing is come from a heart of service. This is something that I learned with SGC. And to be honest, the the human part of me always struggles because, you know, on one hand, I have a business and how do I still come from a part of place of service while continuing to grow a business and realizing that I have a business, right? And the question that I often think about is when I think about referral sources and connections, I ask the question of how can I serve them and what can I do to better their business? So examples could be, could I give a talk to help them? Could I create something like an infographic for them, something that would be helpful? Could I connect them with someone that would be a a helpful source for them? And I often say to folks, and I genuinely like mean this, that at the end of the day, I just want to be a resource for you and let me know kind of where your business is and what I can do to help. I alluded to this earlier when I was starting this section, but I think for me, at least, there's this idea of like being a giver versus a taker. And I think there's always this side of us that as we are growing our businesses, we want our practices to succeed. And so there's always this mindset of, you know what, I got to figure out how I'm going to get my clients, how I'm going to get people in through the door, right? And I'm not saying like we're takers, but to me, that seems a little more of a taker mentality, right? Whereas a giver mentality says, you know what, how can I help you? And then if our relationship leads to something more wonderful, like a referral or collaboration on something, then so be it. If it doesn't, that's okay as well. At the end of the day, you know, I helped you. And I genuinely 
I think as STC grows, and I realize this, I genuinely believe that, you know, when you come from this desire to just help people and be of service to them, things may not like have immediate sort of benefit. But at some point down the line, you know, usually ends up working out and sometimes even much greater than the the level that you invested in. Number four is kind of related to number three, which is surprise them and create a win-win-win. So a win for them, a win for our clients, and a win for you. So for example, this was actually a, I forgot who mentioned this, but this was a previous podcast guest. And one of the things this person did was uh, they work a lot with families. And what they did was they actually instead of just going to like pediatricians offices and saying like, hey, I work with families, they actually created handouts for the pediatrician's office, things that the handouts that would be helpful to the people. And so and then at the bottom of those handouts, they put just a short thing like a website to where um, they can learn more about the services, checked with the pediatrician, made sure that was okay, and all of those things. But I like that perspective because you're just giving away something that's going to be helpful to them. Um, it helps the the office because, you know, maybe they don't have the time to create something like that. Or um, it helps the folks that are in the waiting room that are looking at things. And then it helps you because it's uh, you're giving something and then it's also sharing your expertise and knowledge. I alluded to this uh, earlier, but I think one of the ways to also surprise them is many of us, I think, in our journeys, you would be surprised by how many people you likely know that do certain specific skills. So, for example, um, the referral sources and stuff, right? If they need help on a website, do you know someone that's done a website for you? Or do you have someone that has a really good reputation, right? So can you connect your referral source with them? right? Things like that. I'm just a big believer that a referral relationship is beyond just a a note that's sent, but it's forming a deep and meaningful and lasting relationship and connection. The last thing I wanted to share is go deep instead of wide with referral sources. Uh, One of the things that I've always struggled with is do I focus on numbers, right? Like, do I just kind of throw everything out there in terms of trying to get referral sources. And actually what I've done is I actually have done the exact opposite, which is I have just focused on one or two referral sources and I have just tried to get to know them at a deeper level. The relationships are still new and I'm still trying to figure out how to sort of uh, help them and serve them. But for me, when I think about my referrals and my referral relationship, I think about this as not just about getting clients, but I I think about it as helping them and helping their businesses. And I want this to be a long-term relationship because, as I said, I feel like a referral is not just about, you know, an office gets a letter from you saying you're accepting clients, but when they get to know you as a person and they know the kind of the character and your integrity and all of those things, right? Those are what I feel like generate referrals, right? Knowing that you do good work. So uh, I hope this was helpful. I uh, felt like I had a lot of, you know, just thoughts around this. And I was like, I got to narrow this down to five. So again, the five are identify where your ideal population hangs out and who's in front of them. And uh, if you remember to do that exercise as well. And then the second one is personalize the connection. The third one is come from a heart of service. The fourth one is surprise them and create a win-win-win. 
And then number five is go deep instead of wide with referral sources. I know I mentioned a number of things. I jotted down show notes for you guys. So you can find that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number one, three, one. And as we wrap up, I just wanted to again, thank the folks over at Theranest for supporting today's podcast episode. Uh, Theranest, again, is Electronic Health Records, and that they are an electronic records company, and they just have a wonderful reputation in our field. One of the things I really like about them is, you know, when we're starting to write up case notes, they already have pre-made templates, so it makes it a lot easier to, to draft up case notes and stuff after clinical sessions. Again, they hooked our community up with a 21-day free trial and then the first three months for 20% off. If you would like to take up that offer, please find it over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash TheraNest. Have a wonderful rest of your week and uh, I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business, just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.